Bay FM 100.3. That was Nat King Cole's L-O-V-E. Now, I've played that for a reason. What's the reason? Because the first time I ever heard that song was by our next guest in the late 90s. Oh, do tell. Yes, performed on the lawn at the John Paul College campus was the one and only Francesca de Valence. Joins us now, live on the phone. Yay! Hell is for the way oh. at me. Oh, I still have... Oh, I still have that song on my phone to this day because of you. <laughs> that's so cool. It's so random as well. And so random. That's this program. <laughs> Look, if you don't know Francesca's name, then catch up because she's the founder of iHeart Songwriting Club. She is the co-founder of the Whit Sunday Songwriting Festival. And you may have seen her playing Mary Magdalene on the QPAC stage (laughs) back in the day. How are you this evening, Francesca? I'm wonderful and I'm just so enamoured by your memory and I feel really chuffed. Thank you so much. I'm great. (laughs) I thought, I'm sure you wouldn't have many um, interviews Starting off like that. Never. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we like. Well, I'm so glad that you're on the program this evening, not only because you're ingrained in my musical memory, but you have some serious cred, girl. You have some amazing credentials to your name. Not only are you the founder of the iHeart Songwriting Club, but, you know, the the Whitsundays Songwriting Festival – and you've won awards in Los Angeles. You've played gigs in Paris in French. Oh, cred to you on that one. Don't test me tonight. It's been four years since I've spoken French. <laughs> That's okay. We don't speak French and we wouldn't know if you were doing it wrong anyway. <laughs> Excuse me, Tony. I took French in high school. Oh, did you? One whole semester in grade seven. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gearing up for my tour of Paris. <laughs> oh, great, great. You were just in Adelaide for yes. the Air Awards, the Australian Independent Record Awards. Is that correct? Yes, I was. And I think that's where we reconnected. Yes. Well, I was walking past some venue in South Brisbane and I saw my regular co-host Callum went, oh, look at this lovely poster. And I went, oh, my God, that's Francesca. Oh, um, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be a thrill to have you on the program? And I was so glad that you were available because you were down there with uh, Bay FM's very own Marusha. So shout out to Marusha and family because I know they're listening in. Um, but you were also down there with James Tiswell. Yeah, so he, my co-host on Australia Made. So obviously some great independent artists just in that group that we're talking about now. But how important do you feel the growth of independent music is in this country? We seem to be at a real peak at the moment of just all genres that are really reaching the people. Uh, look, I think independent music is the most important part of our industry. Like, it, it is really, it is a whole separate game I suppose in some ways it's like commercial radio versus community radio. It's a Mm -hmm. whole separate game. Like, let's not even play that game. Like, major label artists versus independent artists. It's like independent artists are really the ones really giving their career direction and making direct connection with their fans and kind of doing it in a really sustainable way without a global team to support them. We really value and require the direct connection with our fans. It's so important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that independent artists actually pave the way for ones that are on commercial labels and ones that are getting that support. They're trying to market themselves like an independent artist. So yeah, for the independent artists out there. Yeah, well, it's it's not, again, it's like corporate versus small business. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's like, how can you do what they're doing um, on a much smaller budget with l- much less people, if not sometimes often just yourself? Yeah. And because you're doing it for the for the very purpose of this is so important to me, and sometimes you're not really going to make lots of money from it, you know. But we do it because it is the air we breathe in and out, you know. It's your talent, your passion, mm. I love it. Yes, <laughs> and and because songwriting is so important to you, clearly because of the Wit Sunday Songwriting Festival, which is only in a couple of weeks' time, but yeah. also iHeart Songwriting Club. What is it about assisting up-and-coming songwriters that you love so much? Because clearly you do have a passion for it. Well, I created iHeart Songwriting Club for myself as a songwriter because I struggled to write songs. I would get 10, 15 minutes into writing a song and I would basically just kind of start judging every next idea as not being good enough. And so I effectively quit that song at that time and just kind of walked away going well, I'm not good enough to finish this or no idea I'm writing is good enough or I'm not skilled enough or I don't have the right equipment or all of the excuses that anyone that's listening who's creative would totally understand. And I just needed to get over that hump with a practice and a structure that could really support me. So I just made up a little practice with some friends of writing a song every week in one hour. And the one hour part of it is just to really accept that we aren't going to be perfect in one hour. We're not going to write the perfect hit song in an hour. So just get over yourself and start writing a song and finish it. And that practice has been transformational for me. Um, And I've been doing that for almost nine years. So in September, it'll be nine years of writing songs every single week. And I'm a completely different songwriter as a result. I'm an excellent songwriter and a prolific songwriter and one that, has so many tools to overcome things. And so it just becomes so natural for me to want to share that information with people. You know, for me, it's, I have my practice as a professional songwriter, but I also know how prevalent that problem for songwriters is, and I have a solution. And do you often or ever look back on the songs that you started writing nine years ago and reflect on them now? So you mentioned that, you know, you're a much better songwriter now, but do you look at that and still, like, still to this day, look back on those ones? Well, last year I started a podcast called The Magic of Songwriting, um, you know, produced by iHeart Songwriting Club. And one of the episodes, um, I did a retrospective of 400 songs. And I talk about, you know, 1 to 100, you know, 101 to 200, et cetera, like in each century of songs. And I did listen back and I cringed. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't expecting that. It's like, I reckon it'd be like when you, you know, if you kept a diary when you were a teenager and you find it as an adult and you're like, oh my goodness, I was annoying. That's what, well, that that could just be my experience. (laughs) Oh yeah. And from that first 100, there was like one or two now that I look back and go, okay, I could probably do something with that. But most people would kind of try to do something with every song when they're starting out. Um, and then, like, once I hit 400 songs, so I, I've, I think I've done 466 songs in 466 weeks. So, But once I hit 400, something really shifted, like significantly shifted. Um, and so there was this awkward awkwardness from that first 100, a little bit less awkward in the next 100, um, a little bit less again, you know what I mean? It was Definitely. Process, but I wonder, you know, when I'm sitting at 700, 800 songs, if I look back at these 400 to 500 and think the same thing, but I doubt it because, like, I I actually don't think I would have written these songs. I mean, I, I I'm writing songs 
better than I ever thought that I could ever write. Well, we'll have you on the show in another nine years and we can reflect. Book it in. Yeah. Let's yeah. Do that. <laughs> Our people will get in contact with your people. <laughs> and so I just want to um, share those songs. Like, I, I'm not recording music nearly as prevalently as what I used to, but other people are recording songs that I've written and, um, and I'm still sharing my songs in concerts and doing songwriter circles and workshops and those sorts of things. So it's really important for me to share that. Still, for me, songwriting is my is the beating heart of what I'm here to do. Write songs and share the songs and the wisdom with others. I just think is it the ten thousand hours thing? Like you've you've probably clocked the ten thousand hours once you reached four hundred songs, and it's like something clicks. I did spend a lot of time writing songs before, but not really have many tools to overcome blocks. So since I kind of it's like you become more efficient at overcoming the problem, and then you can just get on with the solution. And yeah. I know that sounds really quite black and white mathematical creativity, but it's true. Like. In creativity, you have you have blocks and problems and challenges, and there are handfuls, if not bucket loads, of tools you can use to overcome those things. But I still, I think people have the mindset that you either are creative or you're not. And well, I believe everyone's creative, and I think some people have access or an ease to access those tools and maybe the knowledge of those tools more than others. But everyone can learn them. Everyone can. Fantastic. And can we expect perhaps some of these original songs at the gig coming up on September 26th at 2pm at Bulimba? <laughs> yeah, so are we playing about 15, um, well, they're all going to be original songs, but most of them will be unrecorded. Most of them, I'll even be playing a handful of that have never been performed before. So, Ooh. you know, who knows? Like last time I played a concert at Bulimba, I played two songs that I'd just written the last two weekends. You know, no one had heard them. Wow. So, you know, it was kind of like, what do you think? You're my first audience. Let's let's try this out. And I had someone yell out in the audience, you've got to record that one. That one's amazing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, great. That was its first showing. Mm. But um, there will definitely be lots of original songs. Um, Yeah, um, that's what I do. Fantastic. I I wonder if this is interesting for you, um, I am a massive fan of all genres of music and loads of other artists and songs. And when people ask me, what's your favourite thing to play? Like, what's your favourite genre or your favourite thing to play on the, you know, on Spotify or whatever when you want to wind down or when you want to connect? And I say to them always, something that I've written. And I think, and I don't know if many people give that answer. And the reason is, anything else is just an expression of someone else's version of what I could relate to. But when it came from me, it is the most closest connection. It's the truest version of me. It, it's original. It's completely original. It's not a copy. It's not my interpretation of someone else's idea. It's completely mine. It is so special. I love everything about what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> everything about what you Oh, my goodness. We've been encouraging, you know, up-and-coming songwriters all evening, if you, if you are trying to hone your skill to listen to this interview because, uh, you know, like the iHeart Songwriting Club, you can work on these skills. Just because you get a block doesn't mean that you can't push through. doesn't mean that you won't get to that amazing, incredible original. Um, I have been in the audience a few times when an artist has played a very fresh new song that has gone on to be a huge number one hit in Australia. That was wow. Casey Chambers with uh, Am I Not Pretty Enough? Mm. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a song dedicated to commercial radio for playing so much Britney Spears and not her. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So the irony is that that was the song that got her the commercial radio success. <laughs> Isn't 
like the same with Sarah Bareilles, who wrote that song, I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love Song. Well, yeah. it's the, the title is called Love Song, and she wrote it to her label, who wanted her to write a love song, and it was the one that gave her a commercial <laughs> success. It's like they're just literally turning, well, figuratively, turning their back on yeah. the very or flipping the bird. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, look, you never know where you're going to get inspiration from. You never know what's going to be a hit. You just got to keep chipping away at it. So, if you are an original songwriting talent, up and coming person, I really want you to recommend, like, get onto fdvmusic.com and get along to this gig at Belimba on the 26th of August at 2 p.m. The same website, fdvmusic.com forward slash shows is where you grab your tickets for that event. And Francesca, I would personally like to thank you for your talent because after hearing you perform that day, I auditioned for choir using L-O-V-E and I certainly got in. And so I just want to say thank you. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I love that. Do I still have the skill? Not really. But, you know, am I still thankful? Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. I mean, you, know, you can just sing any time. Yes. Well, look, I've, I've been told to stop singing into the microphone. But technically, you <laughs> can yes, sing. Technically, yes, this is true. <laughs> but we are going to play two of your originals right now, which are Own Self and Take It All In. Would you like to tell us anything about these two specific songs? Oh, well, Own Self is quite a few years old now, so I hadn't started my weekly songwriting practice at that point. But this one was, um, I wrote this song as a ballad and I think I wrote it over like a bucket load of tears. Mm. And then when I finished writing it, I just, you know, funked it up a little bit, right? <laughs> it becomes like this dance tune with this disco violin at the end. Mm. Um, not, not at all how the ori- original expression was. Um, but that's so long ago. But Take It All In I wrote during, um, I wrote actually in 2020 in December and I walked the Overland track in Tasmania. But now it's a six-day hike at the Overland Track and you have to carry your pack. But I have to tell you, I did the luxury version where you stay in cabins overnight and they cook you hot meals and um, make bread fresh and then they pack lunch for you the next day. So um, I, I, I tell you that because there was a guitar in one of the cabins one night and, I, and it was so detuned and I just decided to keep the tuning as it was. And wrote this song sitting on my cabin bench overlooking a mountain called Cathedral Mountain. And it was the most, some of the most stunning scenery I've ever seen um, in Tasmania. And um, this song really resonates for me still because it's about overcoming challenges. Um, and really the best way to do that is to be incredibly present. And that's what this song is about is to not, you know, not be in your head thinking, am I good enough? Am I going to be able to do this? But... Just be present. Just take it. Take this moment all in and everything works out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Francesca. And don't forget, check out fdvmusic.com for all the information on upcoming gigs. Check out the Magic of Songwriting podcast. So many things. They're all quality. Francesca DeValance, we very much appreciate you being on the program this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate the support. This was fun. Just great music.